Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. This is episode 60. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez, and this is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. How are you doing this fine morning, Chachan? I'm doing well. Happy April Fool's Day to everybody and to the chiefs that we like in the United States Navy. Happy uh, Navy Chief birthday today this april 1st 2021 episode 60 of podcast room 303 a lot of news to talk about but uh main topics for today obviously we're going to go over uh the uh ncaa give the update on uh march madness and how the bracket's doing uh and the nba trade deadline with some uh, good standing O's and some Feynman Cutems. But first, let's do uh, let's get into trivia, as we always do. Yeah, shout out all seven of those Chiefs. <laughs> all seven, yeah, all well, <laughs> seven. Seven might be a seven might be a bold number. Maybe you and I combined at seven. So our, our trivia question for this episode sixty podcast room three hundred three in honor of the Buffalo Sabers last night ending their eighteen game winless streak. Against the against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Here's a two part question for you guys. What is the longest winless streak in NHL history? That's overtime points included. So when I say winless, they just can't win a game, but they got points in overtime. The second question is what is the longest pointless streak in NHL history? Both streaks for games are very similar in terms of length, and that's the only hint that I'm going to give you guys. So, what is the longest winless streak in overtime history in NHL history? Overtime points included, and what is the longest pointless streak in NHL history? And the answer is Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay is uh, supposed to forfeit all their draft picks in this upcoming draft, correct? Mm, I would think so, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, first team since 1979 to return all all 22 starters. Yeah, you have to you have to lose someone, I guess. But I guess Tampa Bay said, "No, nah, we don't have to." What's funny is nobody's talking about how they haven't re-signed Antonio Brown. And then they're going to end up signing Antonio Brown for like one year, one million dollars. Penny, pennies on the dollar. Yeah. I just want to play with Tom. Tom is so cool. I love Tom. I'm pretty sure that's Antonio Brown's voice, right? <laughs> yeah, I love Tom. I don't want to pay for the Raiders. So did so did did you see this? That uh, I think we have a. I think we need to have a new name for Washington, the Washington Football Team's owner. I think we need to start calling him La Cucaracha. No puede ya caminar. <laughs> so I, I don't for for our longtime listeners of the program, we did this months ago where we talked about how the uh, when the rash of allegations came out with sexual misconduct uh, in the in the um, Washington Football Team's front office and in the radio booth, uh, the three minority owners that were preventing. Dan Snyder from being a 100% owner of the team were basically look we're trying to pressure Dan Snyder into uh, selling the t- into selling the team uh, and and getting rid of it. It ultimately only ended up happening because FedEx Field basically threatened to pull their sponsorship, their name from the field. That's probably why it got done. But last week or this week. Uh, the NFL owners unanimously approved Dan Snyder's buyout of their um, of their remaining forty and a half percent. So Dan Snyder is now the one hundred percent owner of the Washington Football Team. That's the pivot everyone called for, right? I mean, I think that's what everybody wanted to see, right? Uh, yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to see that. Yeah, a, shocker. The, look, the NFL only bends to pressure every never. Yeah, well, they well they bend a little bit, but they're never going to actually change. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Let's see if we can't figure out how much money he did spend. So, geez, so the NFL approved a four hundred and fifty million dollar debt waiver, as well as eight hundred seventy five million dollars sale. So, so he essentially so he essentially paid four hundred and twenty five million dollars. Yeah, and then he's gonna pay. He's he has a he has a he has a Sears esque zero percent APR payment plan to to pay the rest off. Yeah, a nice so thirty the, a nice thirty year loan. The longtime investors that he bought out are Fred Smith, Dwight Shar, and Robert Rothman. So for those of you at home who were thinking, oh, that's cool, minority owners. Yeah, it wasn't the way you thought. <laughs> yeah, minor, minority by percentage not minority by skin color yeah uh, yeah Speaking so Snyder of, has to repay the debt by 2028 that's what I was looking for so he has to pay what that's 425 million in 7 years 7 years so yeah oh gosh that's going to be so hard to do that's about 60 million a year Do you think? do you think we'll see an increase in ticket prices at Washington football team games? Yeah, of course. Really, really, Dan Snyder isn't paying it back, but fans of the Washington football team will pay it back. That's what they get. It's the stupid tax. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Actually, of- it's the D.C. Harambe's, by the way. It's not the uh, 
not the Washington football team. I will not I recognize any other team name other than the D.C. Harambe's. I don't know. They're getting pretty close to to uh, to approving just no name, which I didn't ever think could happen in in you, professional sports. You and I joked about it happening, and it's not no name. It's just um, matter of factly descriptive <laughs> to say the it's, least. It's it's no. They don't have a nickname anymore. All right. Let's let's move on to the next topic. Yeah. Speaking of billionaire owners who have money to throw at things, who also own sports franchises, Francisco Lindor got paid. Yeah, one hundred percent. Ten years, ten years, three hundred forty-one million. The third largest contract ever in baseball history, uh, and the largest shortstop deal ever. So, two comments from this, right, Steve Cohen. This is why I wanted Steve Cohen to be the Mets GM because he has money to throw at things like this. Trade for trade for Francisco Lindor and then sign him to the third largest contract in history. Uh, and then I would say that this market does not look good for Colorado, the Colorado Rockies because Trevor Story is also going to uh, seek out some sort of uh, some sort of deal along these lines. You think Trevor Story gets that kind of ten-year contract? I don't think he gets ten-year contract. I think he gets in the in 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 the realm of thirty to thirty-five million a year, though. Oh yeah, I can see that. I was thinking like f- five-year, one hundred eighty-five, something like that. Yeah, I mean, if it's a shorter contract, he's going to demand more. So, yeah, I don't. So the impacts of COVID is why I think it's going to be a five-year pact. Maybe it's like five-year, 192, something like that. We, we talked about it with NFL free agency, right? It, it might be, you know, he might have to sign kind of a one-year contract with the Rockies in which they pay him, you know, uh, you know, somewhere in the, in the realm of like 25 to 30 million. So he can try to get that, that either get the Rockies to pay him or, or get, uh, get actual money on the, on the free, on the free agent market, on the big market. Yeah, so <laughs> I I like this contract a lot. I think Lindor is the best, the third best position player in baseball right now. Personally, it's probably debatable, but I like him. Mookie, obviously number two. Hashtag the Reds, the Red Sox new curse, and uh, Mike Trout. And then I read an article that was audacious. Right, opening day is upon us. Opening day is actually today if i'm not mistaken it is correct and then today and tomorrow opening days are fun but i have to go to mlb.com and fill out how many home runs i think is gonna happen and then i'll probably put a ridiculous amount of bets in just because it's opening day but um where was i going with this someone was saying that mike trout's reign as baseball's premier dominant player for the last 10 years is coming to an end. And I'm just like, agree. Yeah, it's coming to an end. It'll come to an end in the next decade. That's my bold prediction for the MLB sometime in the next decade. Mike Trout won't be the best player in baseball. Yeah. I think it's going to be when he's retiring (laughs) (laughs) 10 years from now, Mike Trout would not be the best player in baseball. When he signs another ten-year, four hundred and fifty million dollar contract at the age of thirty-six and plays till till longer than Bartolo played, I mean that is that is if if I'm glad that they said that he, it might be coming to an end soon, but I mean this isn't this isn't this the what we talk about every time we talk about Mike Trout? 
I mean, we're, we just talked about the Francisco Lindor contract, and we're already talking about people bad mouthing Mike Trout. Like my like Mike Trout has just been so great for so long that that we think that like his reign is ending. His best statistical season was a season in which he didn't win the the AL MVP. His worst statistical season is a year that he won the AL MVP. What, what are we what are we talking about here, guys? They do the same thing with Tom Brady. They do the same thing with LeBron. They do the same thing with every major star. And they're like, when when's he fall? Like they love to see the fall. Yeah, I mean we 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 I mean we talked about it with Steph Curry like a couple weeks ago. How how Steph Curry is done now? He's done. He's out. He's 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 washed up. Mike yeah. Mike Trout is Mike Trout is done. He's washed up. Yeah, Steph Curry is only averaging twenty nine point five points per game. <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike Trout is only on an Angels team, which if they made the playoffs out of the NL West would not would surprise me. The AL West, excuse me. Yeah, if Mike Trout made the playoffs, I'd I'd say the world is ending. It's clearly a sign of the apocalypse if Mike Trout makes the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that that would that would be in true in true true twenty twenty one fashion, I guess. All right, which topic do you want to talk about next? We'll go into I we'll, we'll talk about soccer next. I So the US men's national team failed to qualify for the Olympics um because they lost to uh Ecuador, Honduras. To Honduras. 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 You, hold on, hold on, hold on, time out. Did yeah. you see the way we fucking lost? No. David Ochoa, the goalkeeper, pulled a nat- classic Nick Morahan and passed the ball out awful turnover in our box Honduras poached the ball and sunk it back net and put us down 2-1 where we didn't where we didn't win that game yeah i mean that's i it, so there's 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 two things that happen so fifa doesn't fifa doesn't recognize the uh, olympics as an actual uh competition that um club teams can give their players breaks for so olympic qualifying is not deemed a competition at which club teams can let their players go uh by fifa so whereas like the international qualifiers are and just a meaningless friendly right right which is what the u.s men's national team played on the same night that they're playing the the uh the the olympic qualifier they that's why a not a, a lot of our young players are not included in this in this olympic team because they want to give them u.s team action but i i don't i don't understand why the you know on the on the flip side i don't understand why we're not including at least like because you have what three exceptions right what are the three exceptions to the to the under so the olympics have to be under 23 but you have three exceptions that's why Neymar has. That's why Neymar has a gold medal. A Messi has a gold medal, because you're allowed like three overage exceptions. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? I just I cannot believe that we were playing friendlies with our top notch talent as we're trying to qualify for the Olympics. So they were released to us. Why the fuck didn't you just fly them to the Olympics game instead and just yeah, say fuck know. the friendlies? Well, I know I know that you do have to register them for teams, so you do have to like register them for the national team or register them for the under twenty three team. There, there's probably some soccer logistics in there that that we don't know about. No, 
No, not soccer. Ah, this is embarrassing. I love that. So I thought I put this in here, but oh, yeah, I did. So ex Mexico uh, assistant coach, I think his name was uh, Cario is his last name. I forgot his first name, but he called U.S. arrogant for not including the core of players in the Olympics qualifying. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I like I said I don't know the soccer logistics rules in like in registering players for the under twenty three team, the under twenty three Olympic team, and then you know getting them to play for the men's national team. But it, it seems kind of ridiculous that like guys like Dest and Reyna, I think Pulisic is. I mean, Pulisic is is under twenty three, right? Yeah, he's twenty uh twenty one twenty two, right? Yeah, like why why are we not putting those guys up and going to go win an Olympic gold medal? Actually, he's 21 turning 22 in September 9th uh, of this year. Craziness. Why are we not putting those guys up and telling them to go win an Olympic gold medal? You know, you know what people would be a lot more interested in is a U.S. World Cup if the U.S. Has, is the reigning Olympic gold medal champions. What's funny is that uh, Pulisic wanted to play in the Olympics. Like everyone wants to represent their country in the Olympics. It's the of fucking course, Olympics. Yeah. It's, yeah, I was about to say. Once every four years for a reason. So, Dortmund strikes again with their absurdity in the transfer market. So, just like they overvalued Jaden Sancho and put his transfer fee at like 135 million euros, they've done the same thing with Erling Holland and they've set his fee at 180 million euros in hopes that these big clubs won't come poach. Pay it. The dude's pay like eight for both of them. Dude, just the dude's the dude's eighteen, and he's like the he's like the second best goal scorer in the Bundesliga already. Take take three hundred million euros, throw it on Dortmund's desk, and walk out with Jaden Sancho and Erling Holland. <laughs> yeah. Just hold yeah. both their hands, Manchester United. Do it. Don't Do even it now. hold them. Hire a guy. Hire a guy for like a cool mill. Hire Tyson Fury for like a cool mill, or the or the uh, the the guy who played the mountain in Game of Thrones. Hire them for a cool mill. Go walk in with a briefcase of money, throw it down on Dortmund's desk, and then carry Erlen Holland out, and be like, "This is ours now." Get those six like Jamaican or Nigerian pallbearers. Yeah, that's right. And carry him that way. Get a throne on a on a platform and get people to carry them that way because you're about to win some trophies if you buy those, both those guys, dude. Yeah, that, not that's, not Dortmund that's, though. Dortmund doesn't win trophies. They Dortmund, just develop yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. They they develop the world's talent. They are what, awesome at that, by the way. What are the chances that Holland goes to Bayern? I'd say slim to none. I think Holland wants Real. You think he wants to react? God, dude, that would be that. That I don't know why I didn't think about that, but that seems like the perfect destination for him. I think so. That's that's where I think he goes. I think he wants out of the Bundesliga. Oh yeah, of course he does. Yeah. So, I hope you know he comes to United, and I hope Jade and Sancho comes to United. But United, we we don't know what we're doing, bro. <laughs> That's another that's another conversation for another day. Fuck Manchester United though. All right, let's get into one of our main topics for this podcast. We're going to hit on the NCAA March Madness tournament. So, do you have a bracket pulled up? You want to give the give the people what they want? 
Yeah, so we got so we, we made a we on our March Madness episode we made the uh, room three hundred three bracket. Let me give you some stats for it so far. So the first round there were thirty two games. We got twenty of them right. In the second round there were sixteen games. We got seven of them right. In the Sweet Sixteen there were eight games. We got five of those right. And then in the uh, uh, Elite Eight there were four games, and we got three of the four right. So the Elite Eight was Oregon State, Houston, Baylor, Arkansas, Gonzaga, USC, and Michigan, uh, UCLA. The Final Four then, Houston beat uh, Houston beat Oregon State, Baylor beat Arkansas, Gonzaga beat USC, and UCLA in a surprise upset over Michigan is the last Final Four team because Michigan does not uh, forgot how to shoot a basketball. Called it last pod when we had to replace Texas. Called it what? So, all right. So let me. We, uh, called, okay, so, we called UCLA making the final four. So so here's so we called it, but then also go back to our selection show, and I want to do a little bit of a humble brag on myself right now, right? And you agreed with this too. So a humble brag on room three hundred three right now. We told you guys two number ones are going to make it. A two, three, or four seed is going to make it. We said the two, three, or four seed was going to be Houston. We put our go check the room three hundred three bracket. And then we said a power six school, number seven or lower seed, is making it to the final four. We said that on the podcast. Now, sorry, I picked UConn. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, fucking <laughs> UConn. I, I missed that one. Okay, guys, shut up. <laughs> but it's a it's a power six school under the rank of seven. We nailed it. Crushed it. And if you listen to the last podcast and put bets in, um, we called UCLA making it to the Final Four. 100%. We replaced Texas with UCLA because we knew. We understood. Yeah. We saw into the future. Also, fuck Texas. (laughs) Fuck you, Shaka Smart. I hope you have a good time at Marquette with the Golden Eagles. Hate you. Hope you go bald for real. Definitely a step down for Shaka Smart. Um, all right, so Gonzaga plays Gonzaga plays UCLA. What are the chances UCLA beats Gonzaga? Uh, I'd say 50-50. <laughs> Thanks, John they, Madden. They either you, win you, or they lose. <laughs> are you going to tell me next? Are you going to tell me next that the team that scores the most points generally wins a basketball game? The team... No, no, no. I'm going to tell you this. The team that holds the other team to the least amount of points wins the game. So that's a a Missy Elliott right there. (laughs) Honestly, Um, dude, I don't think think UCLA has it in them to beat Gonzaga. And also they're dealing with an injury that might impact um, where they go. But, you know, people have been doubting UCLA this whole tournament. And... I can't stand Gonzaga for some reason, so I hope Gonzaga loses every year. So I, I did a little bit of research, and, and we talked a lot in our selection special about how, like, you know, metrics, like, hey, well, where does this team rank in true efficiency and stuff like that? In the last 10 years, so going back to, to, to 2010, obviously, because last year there was no tournament, no team making the Final Four has been outside the top 20, the top 25 in either offensive or defensive efficiency they have either been in top 25 in offensive or defensive efficiency 
UCLA is outside on both. Sorry, no, UCLA is outside on both. They're in it. They're like I think they're eighth in defensive efficiency. Uh, are they outside on offensive? Yeah, they're forty three. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's I I, I I tried to explain this to people, and I may not be explaining it right. What I'm saying is they are either one or the other. Oh, some I thought teams, you were saying both. Some, I thought you were. Saying some teams are both, right? But every team that has made it to the Final Four since 2010, because I didn't go back past that, has been top 25 in one or the other. Okay. Sometimes yeah. both. So they'd be nationally ranked in one of those efficiencies. Okay, yes. that makes sense. Yeah. So that's um, something to look at next year when we're doing a bracket. Yeah, because we're going to remember that. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> so... I don't think I don't see anyone beating Gonzaga. I I think this Baylor Houston game is going to be a great game. I'm so glad we got it, but I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm so mad that it's not the championship game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. And well, to, to 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 toot our own horn again, just uh, just because this just popped into my head, we did call a seven or lower seed coming out of uh, coming out of the East, which is where and UCLA it, came out of. Which is where UCLA came out. of. And for some reason, we still pick Texas. Yes, if you listen to the po- if you if you listen to the podcast, there was hella bias on those choices. <laughs> Blame it on the tequila. Listen, I I do nothing. I do nothing but just get out of Jermaine's way when he's making these picks. So, was- as my as my good friend Jamie Fox likes to say, he was just over last night. Weird flex. Uh, Blame it on the henny. Blame it on that Henny. That's right. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm super excited for this for the Baylor Houston game. I think Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is going to blow UCLA out of the water. To be perfectly honest, haven't they blown everyone out so far? It's historical. It's they like are not even they close. Even, I I I don't I can't find the exact stat. I don't remember it, but I read a CBS Sports article yesterday that said Gonzaga has had the most dominant run of any team in the NCAA ever in terms of in terms of it, it, it was scoring margin and it yeah it wasn't even it wasn't even close yeah it's been embarrassing so that was one thing that this tournament that I, an observation I've made on this term, tournament was there wasn't a lot of competitive games so I'm not really sure what was going on with it but God this was an indictment on the lack of basketball IQ that they're teaching kids nowadays. They are designing everything to be athleticism and three-point shots, and there is no IQ. The end-of-game end offense is just jack-up awful threes that don't even hit rim. Like Literally, I'm hearing it hit backboard like and bouncing into the court. There's a scramble where six dudes are touching the rebounds. Defensive acumen in late game clutch situations is not good. Free throw shooting, free throw shooting has been wild. It's like watching Derrick Rose's Memphis Tigers try to win a fucking <laughs> t- tournament over here. Yeah, I mean, you, know it's, I mean? It's, you, you, you mentioned that, and it's literally Michigan was afforded every single opportunity by UCLA to win this game. UCLA gave them what ten open shots in the last couple of minutes. Michigan missed. I counted five layups, point blank layups, where they got to they got to the rim and had yeah sure there was a little bit of 
pressure on you, which is you know is going to happen, finish the fucking shot. If you're a big man going in there and making big man moves, why the fuck can you not lay the ball off the glass into the rim? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I didn't watch the game in real time, but I watched the highlights of it, and I mean, it is just, it is just awful to watch. You, you like you're saying, like just, I mean, front rim bricks, just hitting backboard, not even hitting rim, just like complete missed shots. You guys are, you guys are a number one seed in the country, or you guys are a number, you know, a number one seed in the tournament. Play like it. Well, yeah, one, they're arguably their best player got hurt in the Big Ten tournament, but, but still. You're not there just because of one dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm so glad this tournament's over. I've been so frustrated watching <laughs> watching these games, dude. Well, well, well I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this tournament and find them and cut them and and how the NCAA has not only has not only provided a poor on court product, but has uh, managed to. Jermaine, uh, what if I what if I told you the NCAA managed to screw over student athletes off the court? No. Not the NCAA. No. Wait, is is Washington football team still a thing? <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, all right. So I'm not surprised. All right, let's move into the women's Final Four real quick. So the Final Four is, yeah, what is it? Three number one seeds and one number three seed, if I'm not mistaken? That's, that is correct. So the three number one seeds are South Carolina and S- Stanford, who play each other, mm-hmm. and then... The University of Connecticut, shocker! Wow, uh, they're the number one seed as well versus Arizona, who's the number three seed, who is making their first Final Four appearance in some would say history forever. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I mean, is it? Are we betting against UConn in this? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think that that would. Uh, I, I don't think that would be uh, a good bet to bet against them. I would say bet the cover. Don't bet money line. Yeah, or just don't <laughs> take a bet. I mean, I, I don't really think you can get. I mean, I don't know what the price you can get UConn on at right now is, but it's probably not. It's probably not plus money. If it's plus money, take it. Throw throw a C note on that. No, what I'm saying is. Oh, you're talking about to win it all, like yeah, to win it all. Oh yeah, I would, I would wager it's not. I'm saying, but take Arizona plus points. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Arizona, I think Arizona covers. And then, so who do we got? We got. Oh, so we what? What was our final? Our final was Baylor Gonzaga for the men, correct? Yes, that's correct. And then we picked Baylor winning it all. We did because a number one seed has not won in the last seven years. A number one overall seed. Good fucking Zaga. All right, so um, obviously we're picking UConn out of Arizona. Who do you got, Sam- South Carolina or Stanford? I dude, I I honestly I have not watched or paid attention to it anything. I would say by just historical, I would pick Stanford. Yeah, I got South Carolina on that one. Well, there you go. Look at that. And then and then obviously South Carolina is going to get waxed poetically by UConn as they yeah. win another title. I mean, everyone's gushing over. Uh, Bukers, who just won Player of the Year for UConn, um, Diana Taurasi, the goat. Which I was so mad that she came out and said this. I was like, "You hush your little mouth, Diana! How dare you! How dare you slander your own name?" But she said Bukers was already the best 
best women's player in the world right now. And I was just like, it's, Jesus Christ. So, so I, I was going to get to it in standing out, but she is, she's one of my, she's my first submission to the standing out. The first, the first freshman to win national player of the year, average 24 and five, 20 points per game, four rebounds per game, five assists per game. Yeah, and for those of you at home, it's four point eight rebounds. So technically, we should be rounding up to five. True, by and it's four. five point eight assists, so we should be rounding up to six. So she averaged twenty five and six as a freshman, dude. <laughs> yeah, she can't be drafted ab- yet, guys. <laughs> she's an absolute savage. There's that. What is it? Another two years minimum before she can be drafted. Yeah. yeah, I think so. That's insane. All right, but with that. Uh, that's going to end our coverage of the NCAA. Tune in next week when we announce the winner of of the tournaments. Uh, most likely when we brag Gonzaga. About, when we nail about bragging, uh, we brag about nailing Baylor. Oh, dude, I hope. I hope. I told everyone before the tournament started that Baylor was the play. Let's move into combat sports. Yeah, I almost, almost did the topic for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh so so combat sports so uh Francis Ngano is who we thought he was. That's a scary motherfucker, bro. Dude, I mean he I, like I mean he so uh, we always say this, right? We I, I I always say this when it comes to UFC fights. I'm not that knowledgeable on UFC, but he did exactly what he needed to do. He beat the F out of Miocic and defended the takedown. Because that was what beat him last time. Is is Stipe was able to avoid the get inside his reach and avoid those big time punches and get him down on the ground. Yeah, from the first fight, Ngannou stung Miocic several oh, several yeah. times, but level changes from Miocic were allowed him to gain his composure enough for him to finish that fight and win it. So, and this time, it wasn't even close. He just Slept went into. It. He went into the octagon with the GOAT heavyweight champion of all time. And He's made him go- and, and made him look made him look silly. Made him look like a challenger. He made him look average, bro. He made him look average. This is this is a this is a scary man. This this Nganu. I kind of feel bad for him though, right? So Obviously, his next fight is going to be John Bones Jones. If John Bones Jones can work out uh, a payday, because apparently that uh, he had a talk with the UFC lawyers that he tweeted about yesterday that he that the UFC was trying to get him to fight for between eight to ten million. He said that number is far too low for an Ngannou fight. Well, it's a super fight because it's John yeah. Jones' first appearance at heavyweight. Yeah, I I mean I think that. It's. I mean, it, it's going to be. The, it's going to be a huge fight. It's going to be. It's going to be one of the best fights that UFC has had in in a very long time. Um, but it's not really that fair for Ngannou or Jones, right? It's not very fair to to both the guys. I will say this: John Jones needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he is. I mean, this is. I mean, when when you haven't fought in two and a half years, this is how you maintain your brand. I'm so fucking over hearing him run his mouth over and over again. I'm so sick and tired of everyone being like, what's John Jones going to fight? I don't give a fuck anymore. He's going to fuck up again. If he wins the UFC title, it's going to be vacated because he did some more stupid shit. John Jones, shut the fuck up. Stop asking for more money. You haven't done yourself any favors, and you haven't put the UFC in advantageous positions when they bet on you. 
the fact that they're going to even give you this opportunity speaks to the caliber of your performances, but does not speak to the caliber of your your what's the word I'm looking for? Like you they can't count on it. They can't count on John Jones. Why would they want to pay him XYZ amount of dollars if he's not going to be able to if they can't guarantee he's going to be there for the next fight or a rematch if something goes goes down crazy? They can't they can't they can't count on him. So shut the fuck up and do the negotiations behind closed doors. Nobody gives a fuck if you get paid 8 million, 10 million or what you think is a valid number for that fight. We don't Either step into the octagon, get slept by this monster of a man. I mean, an absolute fucking tank. Or stay home and shut the fuck up for once in your goddamn life. I, I think I think the problem, JC, is that people do care. Like UFC heads care about this stuff. Or maybe it maybe it's just the common sheeple that care and like, oh, look at look at how much John Bones Jones is talking. We're getting so close to a fight. We're getting so close. I think that's what I think he's he's really he's really keeping himself relevant by by literally every piece of news that comes out. He must he must have just a, like a Twitter a Twitter filter search that everything that comes out that has his name in it because he's responding to he's responding to a, everything that comes out that has his name attached to it. Yeah. I don't I don't care. I honestly hope it doesn't happen. Fuck him. Would I like to see the fight? Sure. Do I want to keep hearing him? No, dude. Go to Bellator, where nobody's gonna watch you. Nobody's gonna fucking care. Get out of here. As much as you want. Hopefully, Endeavor, who just agreed to own a hundred percent of the UFC, um, says, "Nah, we don't want him." Yeah, they're not going to though, because he builds. Because he's because he's still keeping keeping you and UFC on the on the lips of people's mouths. Yeah, speaking of on the lips, McGregor Poirier trilogy is uh, geared for UFC 264 on July 10th. I don't know if it's been officially confirmed yet, but that is the rumor. And usually when these rumors leak like this, it's all but a guarantee. Usually the first weekend in July, UFC likes to put on one of its bigger cards. And McGregor versus Poirier fits that bill. Don't be surprised if there's two title defenses on that same card as well. I don't know which two. I'm sure UFC will figure it out. They always have a game plan. And then before 262, we have, or before 264, we have 262, which is uh, Nate Diaz that, and Leon. That's Edwards. how numbers work. Yep. <laughs> so, but before we get that, we get we get Diaz and Edwards, which is shaping up to maybe be the f- fight of the year. Yeah, as long as uh, Edwards doesn't poke Diaz in the eye. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all he needs to avoid doing. I think that this will be Nate Diaz's last fight in the UFC. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone really excites him anymore, and he's getting up there. So, for, so this is the first for those of you listening. This is the first five round non title co main event in UFC history. That's how much respect Diaz has. He puts butts in seats. That's for sure. He does. He is. He is someone that I still like to watch for sure. How old is Nate Diaz? How old do you, how do you how old do you wager he is? I think he's like thirty two, isn't he? Nah, he's thirty five. He was wow. he was he was born in eighty five. So he'll so yeah. Be, so this is this is his last fight. Then it has to be. No, I mean I how I, how, how, old, how old is Leon? I mean he just he just, yeah like like you said, dude. He's what he's the number four welterweight right now. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, Ooh. nobody. Diaz. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's still ranked right up there. I have. I, I'm not sure because he's been so inactive, but I know that he didn't move down because, <laughs> because everyone else keeps beating each yeah. other up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean this. I mean this welterweight division is stacked. Obviously, led by Usman, who's the most boring fighter since uh, GSP. But um, it's, it's it's such a shame that he's the that he's the belt holder for this division. Such an exciting division, and he's the one that holds the belt for it. He's so technically sound, though. <laughs> I know, but he sucks. <laughs> He's yeah, he's a good, yeah, he's a good fighter. Whatever, I want good fights. Like he's a he's a sound he's a sound technical fighter. I want to see Francis Ngannou literally rearrange somebody's jaw. Yeah, he. So he is a tremendous mixed martial artist. Is he exciting to watch by any means or stretch of the imagination? No, no, no I will never say that. I will. I will tell you that he's gonna fight a Masvidal on ten days. Rat. Uh, 10 days of training and he's going to hold him against the cage and stomp his foot to win the title. Oh wait, he's already done that. Garbage. Yeah. I. Anyways, but it it should be, I mean, it should, it should be awesome. I mean, Leon Edwards is, is, is a rising welterweight and it should be awesome to see him overcome this. If, if he gets, if he gets, if he beats Diaz in this fight, which I think he will, is that dude's a Wolverine. Does he get the shot at Usman? You think he beats Diaz? I think he. I, th- I think he does. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if Leon Edwards has the gusto to win when it matters. You might just poke him in the eye again and say it was an accident. <laughs> uh, I I would say if he wins this this fight, I would say it puts him next in line. Um, usually with beating Diaz raises your star you know to another level i mean see mcgregor see your clout yeah one thing that blows my mind is why is masvidal not defending that bmf belt why the fuck did you just make that for one time yeah i don't know i was like if you were just gonna make it for one time just give him cash instead of spending it on that belt exactly yeah the rock come out and give it to you everything yeah there was a big fucking thing although who did, yeah, they've Nate Diaz said it should have been Tyson. I was just like, yeah, that's a good fucking point. <laughs> yeah, dude, it should have been Tyson. That would that would have been really good. All right, let's 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 move to let's move to our to our main topic of today the the NBA trade deadline. Um, well, I'm I'm happy I'm happy with the trade deadline because my Nuggets added uh, all the pieces that they really needed to add to to really contend in the west yeah um they replaced the pieces they lost in free agency this offseason yeah which is hysterical to talk about so they lost um jeremy grant and man who was their backup center that they lost i think it was plumley nay nay <laughs> yo hilario shout out my boy hilario <laughs> Brazilian national team. Let's go. No, I'm pretty sure it was. It was <laughs> I just, I just wanted to get you the throwback nugget. Yeah, back with the Carmelo Allen Iverson days, bro. When they had Kenyon Chauncey, Martin, Chauncey Billups, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, Marcus Camby. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Nene, Andre Miller. 
Those are good teams, man. That team, I think that was the last before the before this, you know, uh, Jokic run. This that was the last Nuggets team to make the playoffs. Oh, I think you're right on that. I think you are right on that. But um, yeah, yeah, Aaron Gordon and Javale McGee. You know, Javale McGee doesn't get like a lot of people excited, but you didn't really give up much to get him, and he he has championship experience. You know what I mean? He's He's a backup. He's going to give you good, solid minutes, high energy all the time. He'll make the little plays that can swing momentum in your favor, and that's exactly what you want coming off the bench as your 10th option. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like For sure. And so that means Jokic doesn't have to guard big men anymore. Yeah. So let's 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 go over let's go over some of the some of the major moves. So obviously there were two uh buyouts. Right, so Andre Drummond uh, gets bought out by the Cavs. Uh, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge gets bought out by the Spurs. No, not Spurs. Who do you get bought out by? Spurs. Yes, correct. Spurs. Yeah, okay, all right, Spurs. All right. Why did I think he wasn't on the Spurs anymore? Um, both of those, both of those players, and then signed with new teams. Andre Drummond signed with the Lakers. Basically, gives them that rotation option uh, and a second big man, like you were saying with the 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 they're really looking to add kind of that those defensive pieces around around LeBron. I think they're a little concerned also with Anthony Davis's health down the stretch. Um so they added a guy like Andre Drummond who can do what Davis does kind of he's like the Kmart to Davis's Walmart. Um he averages 20 and 13 and they yeah. signed him for for nothing. Pennies. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, the the New York Nets are trying to create the uh, NBA 2K16 uh, all-star team basically right now. So LaMarcus Aldridge signs with the Nets uh, and is basically, I mean, this 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 team, this Nets team is is ridiculous. The fact that they signed him for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> they got him and Blake Griffin. And the best part is, is Blake Griffin's on a revenge tour now. He's dunking again. He's talking shit to the New York Detroit Pistons players. It's hysterical to watch. Fuck you, Detroit. Y'all a bunch of bums. I wouldn't dunk for you either. They uh Victor Victor Oladipo uh traded from Houston. We said that this was gonna happen last week. We called it again. Uh, he gets traded to from Houston to Miami. Uh, Houston gets uh, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a twenty. Uh, basically, they swap uh, first round picks in twenty twenty two. I mean, this this is this. You said it pre pre podcast, Jermaine. This is pennies on the dollar for Victor Oladipo. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's nutty that it's just it's ridiculous that they they gave up nothing. A first round swap? That means they're still getting a first round pick? Yeah. That's insane to me. So that's I, that's the Victor like, Oladipo I trade. Like it. Yeah, it's I mean it, and, and it adds, you know, it, you know, it, it, oh Jesus Christ, stirring blah, 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 blah. Um it adds that that flair to to Miami that you know, that kind of kick in the butt that they need to come down the stretch. What what is Miami right at? Right in the east? Let me pull Last I checked, they were like eight. They're like eight. Yes. the The problem with the East is, if you know the standings one day, it's completely yeah. different. I was the about next to say, day. if you go on a three game winning streak, you're you're all of a sudden in third place. Yeah, Miami is Miami is fifth right now. Uh, well, then see, they probably won a game and jumped from ninth to fifth. Yeah, uh, they're they're five hundred and they're the number five seed. 
the uh, the Hawks uh, swapped Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams, kind of just a tit for tat tr- trade that fit both teams' uh, needs, right? Yeah, Pat Bev is uh, not a starting point guard. That's what the Clippers barely realized. <laughs> so, <laughs> so instead of addressing that, any number of other times they had to trade multi-time sixth man of the year. Uh, Lemon Pepper Lou has kind of lost a step, in my opinion. I don't think he has the cachet to make that big a difference in the playoffs, and he's been struggling this year. So I kind of like adding playoff Rondo, and then I'm pretty sure they got un- under the under the luxury tax yeah. as well with that. Oh, yeah. the luxury tax, yeah. Uh, uh, the other trades: Norman Powell moves to Portland, Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood uh, move to Toronto. Yeah, that's the, another one of those status quos. Gary Trent Jr. is uh, and Norman Powell are both um, restricted free agents, but Gary Trent Jr. is balling right now. So uh, he, they pro- Portland was probably not going to be able to afford him, so they moved moved on to a cheaper option that they'll be able to keep. Who's also, you know, putting up comparable numbers. So, all right, go ahead. Philly acquired George Hill. Yeah, it was a multi-time, multi-team trade. I have the details right here. So George Hill went from Oklahoma City to Philadelphia. The Knicks received Ignas Brasdikas in a three-team trade. The Thunder get Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and a 2025 and 2026 future second-round pick from the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Knicks got Terrence Ferguson and Vincent Poirier. Uh, the Knicks planned away for you. God, they don't have to slander that boy like that. Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they had to put it in there. Yeah. So, we, go ahead. Go. I, I was no, I was going to move I was going to move on. So, if you had any comments about George Hill and the Seventy uh, Sixers, I think it's a great pickup. I don't think they really gave up too much to add a veteran talent who's get. I mean, with Ben Simmons handling the rock the way he was, Tobias Harris is playing like a man possessed. I don't recognize this player. Uh, Doc Rivers has been instrumental in completely changing him. He just has to stand there and hit spot-up three-point shots, and he's hitting like 43% on those this year. So I think it's a pretty great ad. He plays great defense. He can run the point. Uh, solid floor general. Stupid amounts of playoff minutes. It's unreal how many playoff games George Hill has played. So that's and that's that's much needed we talked about the uh, we talked about denver acquiring uh aaron gordon uh boston acquires evan fournier fournier yeah don't google For, his foreigner last name. foreigner <laughs> don't google his last name yeah it's um, gangrene it's gangrene for those of you at, at home um and then your and then your boys uh the chicago bulls did a uh did a little bit of trading the Chicago Bulls sat there and told everyone to watch this and completely exploded the market with one of usually insiders have an idea of what's going to happen. This trade was neither discussed, expected, or ever considered in the realm of any of the single multiverses in the known existence. Woj's head exploded in, in some in some multiverses. Woj's head exploded with news of this trade. Yeah, he he got carried out by the aforementioned six uh, Jamaican Paul Bears. That's right. Nigerian, <laughs> the Nigerian Paul Bears carried Nigerian, Woj's headless yeah. bo- headless body out. 
Unreal. So the the Bulls acquired all-star, two-time all-star, Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Amino for Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell, bum, Wendell Carter Jr., bum, and two first-round picks. Good riddance. So I think this is the first time that Chicago and when's the last time Chicago had two All Stars at the same time? I think it was Joe uh, Rose, Rose, yeah, Rose and Joakim Noah. Rose and Joakim Noah. I don't. So that's what I was trying to think. Because 2014, Rose is always hurt. So like, was it at the same time? I don't know. Anyways, it's it's been a long time coming. Although the Bulls uh, are hurt right now, Kobe White starting point guard. Uh, well, he recently got benched because of poor performance, but usually our starting point guard is hurt, missed all three games so far that Nikola has been with us, and then Levine just missed tonight, and we lost another game. So we've still yet to win with <laughs> with Vucevic on our roster. So, 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 I, so I, I just looked it up. 2015-2016, Jimmy Butler and Pau Gasol. Oh, that's right. That was Jimmy Butler's coming out season. Oh man, damn that made that just made me sad. <laughs> That's a throwback, <laughs> huh? Yeah, so I I think this the this move by Chicago was really Chicago saying, listen, like the the re the rebuild was fun, guys, but like you know the Jordan Belfort, we're not going anywhere. Like we're trying they, to compete. We're trying to compete. We're trying and, and and guess what? If we get in as an a as a you know as a nine seed or as an eight seed, guess what? We're still in the playoffs. You still get that the, the, that playoff experience for the guys. I think the Bulls understand that and know that. that you, if you're going to work for the whole year and then get 11th, what's the point? If you can work that, if you can sign a guy like this, if you can have a trade like this that will push you into eight. I mean, we already talked about the East. If you go on a three-game winning streak, you're in seventh, you're in sixth. If the Bulls can pull off an eighth seed, I mean, you know, who, who knows what they can do? Yeah, I don't. I'm like I'm watching this Bulls team, and I don't know if we even got it for a ten spot right now. It's brutal to watch sometimes. <laughs> Today we didn't have Zach Levine, Kobe White, or Temple of Doom. Shout out Garrett Temple, and we we were in. We almost beat arguably the best team in the West right now, which is Phoenix. Oh, I mean Utah's the best team, but Phoenix is number two. Um, yeah, but Utah's yep. not real, so. <laughs> They're fake until they prove prove it otherwise. So, I they competed without those guys, and we only lost by five. Um, we were down. I think it was one twelve, one ten with two minutes to go. So we were in that game. We just couldn't close it out because everyone was everyone was hurt. I mean, Man, that's, fuck, I mean, fuck the Bulls. So you're almost beating the Suns with bench players. So you're literally leading to my to my point, which is I think that they they can play for at least a ten spot. To, to to wrap up to wrap up this NBA trade deadline talk, uh, notable non movers: Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, and Bradley Beal. The much the much miss the most misaligned player in the NBA, Bradley Beal. Still, <laughs> Bradley Beal. Somebody come get him, free Bradley Beal. Yo, Bradley Beal should just shut it down. It's not like they're winning with him. <laughs> Bradley Beal, but it has to score. It has to score ten more forty-point games for them to for them to even have a chance to win. Uh, and the Warriors also also make no moves. So, give me give me one give me one winner. Let's let's do this. Give me one winner and one loser from the trade deadline. 
Uh, Houston. I'm just going to stick with the one trade. I'm going to say the winner is Miami and the loser is Houston. Just because Houston's just handled everything so poorly. <laughs> I know other teams were looking at at Victor Oladipo, so it was just like you could have got you know, you could have got someone from Atlanta because Atlanta was calling about Victor Oladipo. You could have got someone from Dallas because they were calling about that. But I'm not even sure. So the reason why Miami is the winner, right, is every trade they made, and they made about four, um, you know, half of them weren't discussed. But Miami traded for contracts that void at the end of the season. So they're all become free agents. So not only did Miami get better now for almost nothing, but Miami opened up like forty million dollars in cap space this offseason. Yeah, so those are good moves. So I was just like, oh, okay, I see Miami. We'll see what happens. And I think I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kawhi Leonard can opt out after this year. And go to Miami. And go to Miami and team up with Jimmy Jimmy G. Jimmy G buckets. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my winner. I think my winner is the Chicago Bulls. I think that trade uh, for for uh, Vucevic uh, is really a st- a statement on a Chicago Bulls franchise that has been kind of like you've said. Obviously, I mean I've been closer to it than most people because you know my gracious podcast host here has been uh, is is kind of living through the trials and tribulations of the Chicago Bulls franchise. But I think this is really their stamp on being like, we want to be a playoff team now, and we don't care how we get it. We just want to bring in good players to be a playoff team now. My loser is the Los Angeles Lakers for the exact season that you talked about last week. They added no actual stretch players, players that are fast, small, agile guards that you talked about. They added another big defensive player, which is the exact same thing you said was their problem, that they have these big defensive guys who can't really do anything other than 3 and D. And Drummond cannot shoot the 3. And well, basically, can, you know, they have 3 and D guys right now. And they added nobody else to kind of take that the 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 stress off LeBron James and I think every I think their main competition in the West either got better, the Nuggets, or didn't get worse, the Suns and the Jazz, or and the Clippers, right? The Clippers got better. Yeah. I would I, say I, adding Andre Drummond, though, is – I don't know if I can make them a loser. I have to change my loser because Houston traded away James Harden and got like eight first round picks in return. So that's really not a loss. Short, short, (laughs) short term loser. Short term. Yeah, short term. But the real loser is the Sacramento Kings. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the San Francisco, like making, I forgot to mention them. All right. The Warriors and the Kings are non movers. And why the Kings are, the Kings should literally just trade their whole team to the G League at this point. The Kings have made made trades, though. <laughs> That's what I didn't understand. But the trades they made didn't make sense. They traded for DeLon Wright from the Detroit Pistons. Who? I was just like, why? <laughs> they traded for a shooting guard. Like, that's not what you... You guys need Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck. 
And that, and Jesus Shuttleworth probably wouldn't help you guys either. You'd probably trade him away. And then they traded uh, Nemanja Bliacic. Bliacha. I don't know how to say last name. But they traded Nemanja to Miami. Uh, and it was another great trade from Miami because they gave him nothing. They were like, hey, we'll send you this guy. Is he on your roster? Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, now, starting at concession stand. Starting at starting at ticket manager. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna switch it to Sacramento King. I I hate the Sacramento Kings. I'll that, allow it. That franchise should be sold for parts. Or they should just bring in Jermaine as the GM. I would never. <laughs> You're I'd telling rather, me if you had a you would I'd rather flip take. burgers. That is an inept organization. No way you would flip burgers before managing or being the GM I, of the Sacramento Kings. I'd rather panhandle. Oof. That's right. I wouldn't even work a job instead of that. I would just sit on the street and hope people give me quarters. Well, there you go. That's that's a ringing endorsement on a man not even looking to get in the sports management world going to actively decline a job from the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move into let's move into standing O. What do you have? I I already gave mine, which is uh Yukon Women's uh National Player of the Year, Paige Buker. I have a few. I want to spotlight uh, um the Basketball Africa League for the NBA. Okay. Which is set set to debut May May sixteenth with twelve teams. Um, I just think that's really cool. So that's that's a standing O. And then the first women's club soccer match at Old Trafford took place with uh, Kristen Press scoring a goal. I'm not sure what the final score on that matchup was though. Um, I'll look it up. Hold on. But it might be because a lot of people are excited about clubs women's soccer which they should be because it's it's relatively new in the uh you know the scheme of things especially in England England's top clubs finally bringing in club uh club teams for women but it could be a precursor to a women's club world cup which I'm all for <laughs> I'm like I don't have to explain anyone to you women's soccer is awesome to watch 100%. They're, they're so good and a world cup yeah I mean you throw that word at me for anything you'd be like yo the world cup of beer pong I'm in bro <laughs> I'm in yeah who's the best who's the best women's team did you see what I did there world cup beer pong I did see it yeah that's pretty good and then I'm not sure if you saw this highlight. I just thought it was awesome. Sergio Garcia aced Lee Westwood on the fourth playoff hole in the WGC Dell Del Tech match play. I hate Sergio Garcia, and I don't want to see him succeed. But I didn't, I did not see it, and and that and that was to win the win the match, right? Yeah, that was it. He beat him in the playoff because his opponent shot before him. Because obviously, you 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 can't do better than one shot. <laughs> well, you, well, yeah, yeah. You could only you could only tie at that point. You could only draw the hole at that point. <laughs> I just I was just like, whoa, that's fucked up. You didn't have to. I mean, ace yeah, that's man. That's a way to kill it. Be like, hey, man, try to shoot better than this. All right. So, did you find the final for that? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't really even look it up. <laughs> All right, we're just gonna move on to find him and cut him then. So. I'm gonna take, the, I'm gonna take the first one, and you can have the second one because I let me uh, well, let me let me let me let me get the let me get the Tim Peel one. 
you can do the next you could do the next two because i don't want to do the second one because that one hurts my heart okay I'll, i'll do the last one that that you added anyways uh for the we probably should have discussed this off the off the air but you know this is professional podcast so for find him and cut him the utah jazz's flight hit a flock of birds while flying and had to emergency land because of uh engine problems <laughs> like what <laughs> dude what get out of dude. the way you stupid birds captain sullenberger what are you doing stop stop eradicating the bird population of north america dude i just read this not i don't know who's finding cut it had to just be done maybe the pilot maybe the airline maybe the fucking birds uh the birds the birds are a little the birds are a little non-inclusive that's a mormon plane that the birds are trying to take down yeah what are they doing so high up (laughs) come back to earth you birds all right so you want to move on to the next one yeah Uh, so so marshawn Lattimore. Uh, who is uh, very close to Jermaine's heart? Last Friday was in the passenger was a passenger inside of a vehicle uh, in Euclid, Ohio, uh, and was found to be in possession of a loaded handgun that was later found to be stolen. Uh, he was booked with a failure to notify uh, and re- a failure to notify receiving stolen property, and that those all amount to a fourth degree felony. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where the uh, where where the Saints and the National Football League go from here? The, the Feynman economist really, dude. You're you, Marshawn. You have millions of dollars. Why are you in the passenger side of a vehicle, accepting a gun from one of your friends? Make them hold it. You can bail <laughs> them out. Yeah. And why do you not ask? Okay, I get it. Right. Maybe you're just out. You're buzzing with the boys. Right. You and your boy's be if like you have a gun <laughs> and your boy no no you're at, you're just out you're out just out chilling with your homies and one of them hands you a handgun and you check to see if it's loaded but at no point in that conversation do you ever ask yo bro where did you get this gun yeah i'm not asking that i would not ask that you wouldn't ask that i don't think i would uh, well then you but i mean, I, al- you- I also wouldn't have accepted the gun <laughs> like no nah, dog give it to my homie in the back i can bail him out <laughs> Marshawn Lattimore, affectionately known as $10 million dead cap space, because he will not be playing this year. I'm, I'm glad he did this now because the Saints didn't re-sign him yet. So, uh, fuck off, Marshawn. You made me mad. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 a, that's a fineman cut. That, that's an easy way to find yourself on fineman cut. The, another easy way uh, is for NFL referee Tim Peel. Uh, sorry, NHL referee, uh, Tim Peel. Uh, a hot mic because we love miking up. Uh, I, I do love miking up NHL officials because they're basically just old hockey players who didn't make it to the league. And 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 whereas MLB umpires and, and NFL officials will be a lot more respective of the players and everything like that, NHL refs are not. <laughs> they're not respectful at all, and they'll tell someone to shut the fuck up and quit being a uh, quit being a P-U-S-S-Y and come on, dog. Like what? Like what are we talking about? Like shut up, make the play. Why don't you score a goal? Or like they'll openly tell people like you're too young to get that call. I'm not going to give you that call. Um, yeah, they they've told them that. You know they like, no, dude. You're playing awful right now. You need to yeah. play better. I yeah, love what to, they. Do. Yeah. yeah, 
Or like a player will try to flip him the puck and he can't do it. Or a player will fall on his skates and he'll be like, you need to learn how to skate better. It's, they're awesome. However, there is a little bit of a downside to it. Uh, Tim Peel, while, while refing a uh, National Predators game, was uh, picked up by a hot mic saying that he wanted to give the Predators a penalty right off the bat at the beginning of the game. I don't know if you know this, Jermaine, but the NFL, really any sporting body, does not want to have their officials openly uh, giving penalties out for stuff that isn't an infraction of the rules and looking to give penalties out. So Tim Peel is now banned for life by the NHL. Yeah, but I'm going to find and cut the NHL as well. Because okay. I guarantee NHL officials have said this before, and they have the officials' audio. It just wasn't broadcasted to the world to hear. And this is purely reactionary by the NHL. Yeah. I'm like, this is not the first time they've said this. I guarantee you other officials have said the same thing. It's just the fact that he got picked up by a hot mic. So that's why I'm taking NHL down as well. Yeah, and, and this and honestly, this is not this is not the this is not the first time an official has said it before. I mean, you know, even what I said before, you know, there there's been talk of you know, you know, there there was the whole I think we've mentioned it before on this pod, the whole NFL official and like Cam Newton getting hit. And the and the and the NFL, I think it was Ed Hockey League telling Cam Newton, "You're not you haven't been long enough in the league to get that call." When he got a like a legitimate helmet to helmet hit. He's like, you haven't been around long enough to get that call. So that hap- that bias happens in sports. I see why the NHL did what they did, though, because you can't be saying that and continue to have continue to have any respect as a referee. Yeah, but also, but no. also, <laughs> but also. <laughs> All right, go ahead and do the next one. All right, so we we talked earlier uh, at our March Madness thing. Uh, Oregon State played Houston. They got eliminated by Houston because Houston is one of the one of the best teams. Uh, even before the tournament, now they're one of the top four teams in the tournament. So Oregon State, their game finished uh, uh, pretty late uh, in the in the evening. I think it finished around like 11 p.m. or so, right? So around 2300. So the Oregon State players figured, you know, hey, we're going to go back to the hotel. We're going to enjoy, you know, enjoy our last night in the tournament in the hotel, and then we're going to leave in the morning. The NCAA said, oh, no, no, no. You're going right back to the hotel. You're packing your bags, and you're catching a 1 a.m. flight two hours after the game. So players and staff for Oregon State had to rush back to the hotel, hurriedly pack bags, and rush to make a 1 a.m. flight to get back to Oregon at 4 o'clock in the morning because it was so urgent that the NCAA get them out of the hotel. I don't understand the NCAA really anymore. You said two hours after they finished playing? I, well, I, I think it was. I think it was like the game ended. Like they left the venue at eleven. Wow, that's Think, up. Thinking, thinking they would have a night in the hotel, and when they got back to the hotel, like on the team buses, the NCAA was like, "Pack your stuff. You have a flight at one o'clock in the morning." Not my NCAA. <laughs> no, not your NCAA. This is why I didn't watch all year. Fuck you, NCAA. I hate you. You're the fucking worst. Mark Emmett. Step on a fucking Lego, you bum! <laughs> I hate you, aren't you? That, so that's that's fine. That's vitamin cut him. <laughs> we asked you at the beginning of the show in honor of the Buffalo Sabers uh, winning one in nineteen now in their last twenty or yeah one in one in eighteen in their last nineteen games. Uh, they had an 18-game winless streak. I asked you a two-part question. I asked you, what was the longest winless streak 
uh, in, in NHL history, but that's including overtime points. Well, if you were smart and you, were, and you follow the NHL, you would know that it is a tie between the Buffalo Sabres and the 2003-2004 version of the team they beat to end the streak, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Interesting fact on that 2003, and it's at 18 games. The 2003-2004 Penguins, interesting fact, because they were so bad that year, they were awarded the number one draft pick. That's normally how bad teams get. But the lockout season was 04 and 05, so no hockey was played in the lockout season. Do you know who the number one draft pick was in the 2005-2006 season, Jermaine? Uh, yeah, everyone knows that. Well, let me tell you. But I know you know. <laughs> Sidney Crosby. So that's an interesting uh, what if. What if the lockout season had been played? Maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins would not have had a chance to draft Sidney Crosby at number one. So am I reading that correctly? Pit- Pittsburgh had back-to-back number one picks? They did. They drafted uh, Mark andre Fleury and uh, Sidney Crosby. Fuck out of here. No wonder they won so many titles. <laughs> what kind of bullshit-ass lockout season bullshit-ass bullshit is that? And then uh, get a bingo machine, you fucking NHL. You're back. You're fine to cut again. <laughs> Double fine to cut. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're finding and cutting the 2000 to 2006 NHL. Um, Although they, I, they should have been like, that just should have just been understand. They ran that. They ran the company into the ground. Yeah, for sure. We still are running the company into the ground. There's only fucking five teams that have positive revenue, but we can get into that later. Um, and then I asked you the second trivia question. What is the longest pointless streak in NHL history? I said the streaks are eerily similar. 17 games is the longest pointless streak in NHL history. It's held by two teams. The 1974-75 to 75 Washington Capitals, their expansion year. And the 1992-1993 to 1993 San Jose Sharks. Both had a 17-game winless streak, so they didn't even, or sorry, pointless streak. They didn't even get overtime points. Now, the interesting fact about the 2003 or about the uh, 1992 to 1993 San Jose Sharks is the next year they had 24 points in the 92-93 season. The next year in 94 and 93-94, they had 82 points and made the playoffs. Get out of here! No one believes it, that. It is the largest single-season turnaround in NHL history. They improved their win percentage by 38%. That's, it that's, is, that doesn't make sense. That it is more sense. than 10% higher than the next closest team. What? It's like, were they, were they playing Chris and they got all three blue squares when they completed four words? Well, really, really, they were just playing with, uh, I think, major junior players, and then they actually got an, an NHL team. Yeah. 58-point difference. That's what happens when you don't suit up the Mighty Ducks. That's Yeah, that is what happens. So that is our, that is our trivia question and the end of Episode 60. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know Jermaine and I did, and we do as always – Remember to uh, shout us out on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303 and give us a follow. Tell us what you guys think. Tell us what we should be doing differently. Tell us what you like about the podcast. Uh, what do you have for the people, Jermaine? I don't have that anything. Anyways, Creative Transmitter out. Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew 
insert player name here was going to do that alas the sports gods have delivered us a solution the thrive fantasy app thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top tier athletes in the nfl nba mlb pga or esports for the nfl you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options and yes even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose five out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify. 